together as brothers and sisters in the Lord, in the name of Christ, Holy Spirit comes and dwells with us. I'm thankful that you're here this evening. David said in Psalm 133, 1, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to come together in unity. I'm just glad that you're here this evening. I'm glad that you have once again decided to make the most of your opportunity like we talked about last week. Now, there's a lot of other things that we could all have been doing. I chose a better portion this evening. Pray that God reward you and bless for that. As always, before we go to the Word, just go to the Lord in prayer and ask that He bless you and bless me as well. Amen. Father God, uh, you are welcome in this place. We thank you this evening, Father God, that as we've gathered together in your name, in your house, that you haven't left us here alone, but that you have sent your Holy Spirit to be with us, Father God. And not just tonight, but throughout our entire life, you have promised to send your comforter and your Holy Spirit. But tonight especially, we thank you that you're here. And I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would have his way. That his will and your will would be done, Father God, in my life and in your people's life. I pray that the anointing of your Holy Spirit would be upon me, upon my words, upon my mind, upon my spirit. That all the things that you desire to have accomplished would be accomplished this evening. Open up the ears of your people. Open up their hearts that they might receive with gladness all the things that come forth this evening. Give us understanding this evening, Father God, of the truths that come forth, the things that you want us to understand so our lives would be changed. Come against every hindering spirit, everything that would try to snatch away your words, Father God, that you would be glorified and that our lives would be changed according to your power. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Over the last few weeks, we, I've been pondering, as I always do, uh, where God would have us to go, whether in a series or just a single word. But I've especially been asking God after our series on rebuilding the gates, uh, where, where should we go, Lord? And the more I prayed and the more I pondered and the more I studied and just looked over things that God has you know, given to me over the year, I kept coming back to one thing that was at least a year ago that he put on my spirit 
I've been avoiding it. I've been trying to study on it, trying to get a little bit more. And and I believe that this is where the Holy Spirit is leading me in our next series. And it is all about kingdom living. Tonight, we're going to focus especially on the principle of priority. But but I want to give you an understanding of really what this series is going to be about. It's going to be about kingdom principles and kingdom living, truly giving an, an understanding of what it means to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. What it really means to be offspring of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because all throughout our Christian life, this is the one thing that the devil doesn't want us to understand. Who we are in Jesus Christ and who we are in the family of God and who we are in the kingdom of God. You see, what I began to ponder, what I began to think about is the fact that we can fix all the walls and all the gates that we talked about in Nehemiah. We can make sure that all the bolts and the bars and the hinges that we talked about are in place concerning the city. But we can still live like paupers and we can still live like slaves inside the city of God instead of like princes, instead of like princesses, and instead of like sons and daughters of the Most High God. The reality is the house of God should be filled with princes and princesses. The house of God should be filled with royalty and individuals who understand what that means. But the sad reality is the house of God is filled with slaves still and the house of God is still filled with spiritual paupers. And I want to give you, uh, when I talk about paupers and I talk about slaves as I go through this, I want you to understand I'm not talking socioeconomically, I'm talking spiritually. And what I want you to understand is that when we come to Christ, we have come into the kingdom of God. And we need to understand what that means, because if we don't, our life will always be lacking. If we don't, we will never achieve or experience all the things that the kingdom of God has has available for us. I'm not exactly sure. I'll let you know right now. I'm not exactly sure where the Holy Spirit's going to take us over the next couple of weeks. I don't have it all planned out yet, but I'm trusting in the Holy Spirit. The only thing that I do know is where he wants me to start. And that is with some kingdom principles, with an understanding of the supernatural ways of royalty. And that's what we are. We are royalty and we need to understand that church, how we as Jehovah's children should be living and moving and breathing when it comes to our Christian life. In Acts chapter 17, verse 28, it says, for in him we live and move and breathe or have our very being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. According to the word of God, I want to remind you that you and I are sons and daughters of the most high God. And I know we can casually say that. I know you hear that. I know that that's a phrase that's thrown out like a dime a dozen. We're sons and daughters of the most high God. We're part of the family of God. We're children of God. But do we really understand what that means? Have we really grasped it and are we really living according to that statement that we are sons and daughters of the most high God? That we are royalty when we are talking in a spiritual sense. The reality is you and I should live and move and breathe like we are royalty. You and I should live and act and think and move and have our very being like we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. 
The sad reality is a lot of us in Christianity walk around like spiritual paupers. The reality is a lot of us in the house of God walk around like spiritual slaves. The reality is a lot of us in the house of God are overcome instead of overcomers. We're defeated instead of victorious. We're empty instead of filled. We're the beneath instead of the above. We walk around at the tail instead of at the head. And I'm not talking about spiritual haughtiness. I'm talking about a rightful position and a rightful place in the house of God concerning his sons and his daughters. You see, the reality is the devil wants you to walk around defeated. God wants you to walk around as an overcomer. And the only reason you are, the only way that you and I are going to do that is to understand really what it means to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. It's more than a phrase. It's more than a statement. It is a reality that all of us have to, to learn, church. The truth is man was created as royalty. When you go back to the beginning of time and you, you, you read all about God creating the heavens and the earth and the birds of the, uh, the, the sky and all of that, I want you to remember that everything about creation was spoken into existence. He spoke and there was light and he spoke and there was darkness. He spoke and all sorts of things began to happen. He spoke and grass came up. He spoke and birds began to fly. He spoke and cattle began to roam upon the earth. But when it came to man, what I need you to understand is that he didn't speak man into existence. He breathed man into existence. What you need to realize is that God himself breathed his character and breathed his likeness and breathed his authority and breathed his power and breathed his rule and breathed his government into man, into his creation. But the reality is too many of us walk around not like that. The reality is you and I have to understand that when God created man, he breathed his authority into our lives. In order to better understand this, look, Genesis 1.26 says, Let us, God got together with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let us, Make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion, let them have rule, let them have reign, let them have authority, the Bible says, over the fish of the sea, everything under the earth. Let them have authority over the birds of the air, everything over the earth. Let them have dominion and authority and rule and reign over all the cattle that roam around on the earth, over the whole earth, and everything that creepeth upon the earth. He didn't leave anything out. The reality is when he created man, he gave him authority over everything he spoke into existence before that. So the reality is Adam was created as ruler. Adam was created in royalty. Adam was given sovereign rule and reign over everything that God spoke into existence. The reality is you and I were, were created with that same authority. You and I were created with that same rule and that same reign. God didn't just speak us into existence. God breathed us into existence through Adam. And this is what you and I need to understand. The fact is that something got in the way of that rule. Something got in the way of that reign. Something got in the way of that dominion. And it's called sin. And the same thing affects our royal reign today. It's called sin. When sin rules and reigns in your life, you can't walk as royalty. You can't walk as sons and daughters of God. When sin rules in your life, you can't reign over anything because sin has rule and reign over you. 
But God had to change it. And I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but God understood the predicament mankind was in. So he sent Jesus Christ to restore us to a place where we could rule and reign once again. To where we could have authority over everything upon this earth. I'm not saying that in a proud and haughty way, but I'm just saying that this is who we are as sons and daughters of God when we're in right relationship with him. This is what we have to understand. Unfortunately, far too many of us, church, we were created. First, we were created to advance the kingdom of God. This is one of the things that you have to understand. We were created to advance the kingdom of God. We were created to advance the rule of God and the authority of God and the image of God and the likeness of God and the character of God and the ways of God. That's what we were created to do. We were created to advance our kingdom. We were created to advance our ways. We were created to advance our name. We were created to advance the name of Jehovah God. We were created to advance the name of Jesus Christ. We were, we were created to advance the kingdom of light. We were created to advance the Father which is in heaven, His rule, His reign, His authority. But the problem is, the problem with society today is that we're just like those in Genesis 11 chapter 4 who came together one day. When I'm talking about the, those that wanted to build the Tower of Babel and they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city. So that we can create a name for ourselves. And if there's ever a society that's a reflection of that, it's today. Everybody wants to build their own city. Everybody wants to build their own name. Everybody even in the house of God wants to build their own ministry. Everybody wants to have their name up in lights. Everybody wants to have the plaque on their door. Everybody wants to have the gold leaf around their life. They want to advance their kingdom and their will and their ways. It's exactly what the people said then. Let us build a tower into the heavens so that we can be equal to God and not under the authority of God. You see, every time you build a tower unto yourself, you're trying to become equal with God instead of under the authority of God. And we lose sight of the fact that we were created to advance His authority and not our own. His will and not our own. These individuals were trying to advance their own way, their own will. And what did God do? He dumbified them. He dumbified them, I say. He caused them to all not understand. He, he, he messed up their speech and no one could understand what the other one was saying. And they were scattered all over the earth. I don't want to be dumbified. Okay, I, I, I want to be a, a royal son and daughter of God. And the only way that I can do that is to understand the ways of royalty. The only way that's ever going to happen in my life is if I truly understand kingdom living and stop trying to build a kingdom unto myself. Stop trying to build a name for myself. There's nothing wrong with excelling. There's nothing wrong with excellence. There's nothing wrong with doing a great job. There's nothing wrong with starting your own business. There's nothing wrong with all of these things that we can do in life as long as we do them to the glory of the Father. As long as we do them to promote the kingdom of God. You see, God excels you so that you might excel the kingdom of God. And as soon as you stop excelling the kingdom of God, He puts the brakes on your life. He causes you to suffer lack for a little bit of time. So you understand, I got my priorities out of whack. And that's what we're going to look at tonight, the principle of priority. When our priorities are right, the kingdom of God is loosed into our life. When our priorities are out of whack, our whole life is out of whack. It's what we've got to keep in mind. 
It's what this whole series is going to be about, understanding the kingdom of God, understanding kingdom living, the privileges and the responsibilities of being the sons and daughters of God. In 1 Samuel 10.25, we find a verse that I want to base my whole series on. I don't even know how far I'm going to get tonight, but I want to base my whole series on this one particular scripture. It says, then Samuel, who was the people's prophet and priest at that time. When I talk about the people, I'm talking about that peop- the people of God, they, the, the same individuals that were in Egypt for a number of years. And I'll get to that in a moment. But Samuel, who was the people's prophet and priest, explained to the people the ways of royalty, the Bible says. And he wrote it in a book and laid it up before the people so that they could understand. Because they didn't understand. Because they didn't understand the ways of royalty. Because they didn't understand how a kingdom operated and how they were supposed to act inside of a kingdom. So so Samuel had to make it plain. Samuel had to make it clear. He needed to teach them the ways of royalty because they had no clue how royalty was supposed to act. The reality is what you have to remember is that Samuel was speaking to the people of God. Listen to me, church. Who at this point had never had a king. They never had a king. For 400 years, they were in bondage. 400 years. Generation after generation. Son after son. Daughter after daughter. Son after son. Year after 400 years, children were being born into slavery. They were being born into a slave conditions. They were being born with a slave mentality and a pauper's mentality. They had no clue about a kingdom. They had no clue about a king. And here it comes about that there comes about a time after they are brought out of Egypt. After they are finally set free and Moses finally leads them out of the land of Egypt. There comes a time in their life where the people of, the people of God begin to cry out for a king. And God gives them a king. And his name is Saul. And I'm not going to get into a whole bunch of history. But the problem was they had a king. But they didn't understand royalty. And this is exactly why Samuel had to do what he did. Because they did not understand what it meant to have a king. And they did not understand how they were supposed to operate in the kingdom. And the reality is, the children of God are in the same exact position. The reality is, church, that so many of us have to be taught the ways of royalty because of where we came from. Look, we're in the same boat. All of us were born into sin. All of us were born into a kingdom of darkness. All of us were born into ignorance. All of us were born into this kingdom of darkness. And all of us need to learn the ways of royalty. All of us need to learn what it means to be part of the kingdom of God. The sad reality is most of us are walking around in the kingdom of God like slaves and like paupers who have no understanding what it means to be in the family of God. They walk around whining and they walk around complaining and they walk around woe is me and they walk around depressed and they walk around filled with fear and they walk around with confusion and they walk around with all these things because they don't understand what it means to be royalty. They don't understand how they're supposed to live and move and breathe in the kingdom of God. They don't understand how they're supposed to walk. 
Don't understand how they're supposed to talk. Don't understand how they're supposed to reason. Don't understand how they're supposed to dress. They don't understand how they're supposed to live. They don't understand what it means to be royalty. So they live like paupers and they live like slaves, overcome and defeated and empty. And the sad reality is the house of God is filled with empty individuals. The house of God is filled with defeated individuals. The house of God is filled with depressed individuals. The house of God is filled with individuals who are constantly overcome instead of overcomers. Because they have not listened. They have not taken the time to learn kingdom living. Because they have not taken the time to understand what it means to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. Because no one has taught them the ways of royalty. And this is exactly what I want to teach you as we go into this series, church. The ways of royalty. It's what we're going to be learning as we go. The principles of kingdom living. The principles why which we are to live and move and breathe as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Well, like I said, listen, unfortunately, far too many believers have no principles. Far too many believers, even in the house of God, have no rules of behavior for their life. That's what a principle is. It is a rule of behavior that must be established in your life. And listen to me, when you're in the world, there are rules of behavior. When you're in the world, you behave just like the world. You dress like the world, talk like the world, drug up like the world, drink like the world, sex around like the world, sleep around like the world, cheat like the world, lie like the world. There is a, there is a way of behavior in the world. In the kingdom of God, there is a, a way of behavior as well. There are principles to the way that we are to live, church. There are rules of behavior for our life. Unfortunately, far too many individuals, like I said, have no rules of behavior. Even in the house of God, they live according to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. They live according to the impulses that they have. They do what's right in their eyes instead of the eyes of God. They walk in their own ways instead of the ways of God, church. Instead of by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of royalty. Here's what you need to understand, church. I hope you understand that the Holy Spirit is a royal spirit. The Holy Spirit is a royal spirit. The Holy Spirit is not some bum come up off the streets. The Holy Spirit is a royal spirit. And we are sons and daughters who have had that holy royal spirit breathed into our life. We are to move According to that spirit, we are to live like royalty. We are to move like royalty. We are to make decisions like royalty. Are you listening to what I'm saying, church? We are to make decisions like royalty does. Walk, dress, act, behave. Conduct ourselves like royalty does. But so often in the house of God, we walk around like bums. I'm not talking physically, I'm talking spiritually. We act like spiritual bums who don't care what their life looks like, don't care what their life acts like, don't care what their life is a reflection of. We must be a reflection of a holy, royal spirit. 
why God sent us that spirit so that we can be a reflection of the kingdom of God so that we can advance his rule, his reign, his authority. Are you understanding this church? This is, this is what God means when he's talking about Christian living. This is what God wants us to do, church. We've got to act and live and move and breathe like royalty. Got to understand what it means to be children of the Most High God. We've got to get our priorities in order. For us to experience the kingdom of God in our lives. And when I talk about the kingdom of God, I'm talking about the power of God. I'm talking about the anointing of God. I'm talking about the provisions of God. I'm talking about the protection of God and the promises of God and the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God. I'm talking about the direction of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God and the love of God and the peace of God. When I talk about the kingdom of God, I'm talking about the kingdom of God and all that it contains. And the only way that we will ever have the kingdom of God come into our lives is if our priorities are in order. The very first principle that we have to understand when it comes to kingdom living is the principle of priority. Priority means this. It means putting first things first. It means establishing the most important thing. It means our primary focus. It means placing an order of importance. It means placing the highest value and worth upon something. And lastly, priority means first among all other things. All other things. Anything that you could think of in your life. Top priority means the one thing above everything else that would run through your mind. Any list that you could make, top priority is at the top of that list. The fact is, church, our priorities have the power to produce something in our lives. They can produce something good or they can produce something bad. The priorities you establish and allow in your lives can produce a blessing in your life or they can produce a curse in your life. They can produce abundance in your life or lack in your life. They can produce victory in your life or they can produce defeat in your life. They can produce abundance in your life or lack in your life, an emptiness or a fullness. Priorities have that much power. And that's why we need to learn the principle of priority, church. The truth is our life is the sum total of all the decisions we make in life. We are a product of our priorities. We are a product of the decisions that we make in our life. Every single one of us sitting here today are a product of the choices we make. And every choice we make, listen, every single choice we make is based on the priorities we have in life. Every single decision you will ever make in life is based on what you consider to be the most important and ultimate, the ultimate priority at that moment that you make the decision. When you sit down to look at pornography on the internet, that's your priority at that moment. You make that decision, it means that is the priority in your life. Anything you can think of becomes priority. When you walk into the house of God, worship can be your priority, or a bummed out spirit can be your priority. When you're walking down the road and somebody cuts you off, grace can be your priority, or a foul word can be your priority. The decisions we make in life are based on the priorities that we have, and we are a product of the priorities that we have, church, a product of our priorities. The reality is our priorities mold us, and our priorities make us. They are the building block of our lives. 
And our life will fall or stand based on the priorities that we have established in our life. Our life will succeed or fail based on the priorities you have. Listen, you go start a business, your business will fail or succeed based on your priorities. If you enter into a relationship, your relationship will succeed or fail based on your priorities. If you enter into a marriage, your marriage will succeed or fail based on your priorities. If you enter into a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, your success in that relationship will be based on your priorities, whether God's first or God's second. And if God's not first, he's nothing at all. If God is not first in your life, he's nothing at all. Nothing. I hope you understand what I'm saying. If God is not first in your life, he is nothing at all. You may as well cross him out and put him in a garbage can. Because God said, I am the Lord your God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I am to be your number one priority in life. And anything else that gets put in front of him, he may as well not be there at all. This is what you and I have to understand about the principle and the power of priority. If you want power in your life, get your priorities straight. If you want your marriage in order, get your priorities straight. If you want your family fixed up, get your priorities straight. If you want your businesses to succeed, get your priorities straight. Understand what I'm saying. I understand we're in a tough economy right now. I understand that there's things going on. But if you got your priorities right, God's going to take care of it. God will provide church. But if your priorities are messed up and they're out of place and they're all out of whack, you are not in a position to receive the power of God or anything the kingdom has to offer in your life. The, 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 the most discouraging thing about being a pastor is talking to certain individuals that whine and cry the blues all the time, but don't even understand that they're not in position to receive a single thing they're looking for. And they've got to maneuver and get themselves into that. Listen, there is a place we must be in order to receive the power of the kingdom into our lives. You can't do your own thing and expect the power of God to come into your life. You can't do your own thing and expect the blessings of the king. But yet that's the way we want to live. Want to do our own thing, but God still bless me. Want to sleep around, but God still bless me. Want to lie, cheat, and steal, but God still bless me. Want to sleep in on Sunday morning, but God still bless me. You understand what I'm saying? Don't want to make the most of our opportunity like we talked about, but God still bless me. This is the sad reality of where the house of God is, church. I'm not talking about you, okay? Maybe God's talking to one of you. I don't know what's going on out there. Listen, listen, church, I preach this to myself before I bring it to you. There's things about royalty I need to learn. There's things about kingdom living that I need to implement in my own life. I'm not going to stand up here and try to bring something to you. That's why I said I don't know where we're going with this series because the Holy Spirit's still teaching me. The Holy Spirit's still trying to sow some stuff into my life. All I know is I want everything the kingdom of God has to offer me. All I know is I want the power of God and the anointing of God and the blessing of God and the goodness of God and the grace of God in my life. I want life and I want it more abundantly. I don't want to just get by. I don't want to just survive. I don't want to just get through the day. I want life and I want life more abundantly, church. Which leads me to this. In the natural, 
Man has compiled a list of life's priorities in the order of importance. And some of you have probably heard this. Of all the scientific studies done on human behavior, this is the list that science and man has come up with. This is the list of man's priorities. Number one, I'll just read through them, starting at number one. There's nine of them. Water, food, clothes, shelter, protection, security, preservation, self-actualization, which is finding oneself, And lastly, a sense of significance. Being somebody. I'm going to expand on these a little bit later. But this is what carnal man has determined to be the priorities of life. This is what science says are the most important things in life. The things that should be our primary focus and primary concern in life. This is what man says we cannot survive or live properly without. These nine things. According to these studies, the primary priority driving all of us through life is that of simply surviving. Just getting by. These are the things we need to survive. These are the things that we need to to get by. These are the things we need to live properly. And I don't know about you, but like I said, I want to do more than just survive. I want to do more than just get by. I want, I want life to be more than a daily grind, in and out and in and out and in and out. I want more than that. I want life and I want life more abundantly. There is an abundant life. There is life and there is an abundant life. And the children of God, the sons and daughters of God, the individuals that understand the principles of priority and what it means to be royalty, they are the ones that will have life more abundantly. I don't want just life. I want life and I want it more abundantly. Listen, as noble as these things are, as needed as these uh, priorities seem to be in our life, what, I learn, what I've learned, and some of you probably already know in your own studies, is that none of these priorities are God's priorities. None of these priorities, according to the Word of God, as noble as these are and as important as these are in our life, none of these are on God's list of priorities. And I'll show you as we go in Scripture. I know that we're supposed to provide for our family. I know that the individual that doesn't provide for his family, the Bible says, is worse than a cheat and worse than an adulterer. I know that the Bible says that whatever our hand finds to do, we're supposed to do it with all our might, and we're supposed to do it as unto the Lord. Yes, we are supposed to do all of those things. But the reality is, according to the Word of God, these are not God's priorities for our life. And the problem is, so often we get caught up in these things that we miss the number one thing that God has for our life. We get so caught up in the rat race, we get so caught up in the grind, we get so caught up in trying to put food on the table and clothes on our back and shelter over our head that we miss out on the number one priority that God has established for our lives. And it's why we strive and strive and strive and spin our wheels just to survive. Because we're leaving out the number one priority. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6.25. He says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, or what you will wear. For is not life more important than food and drink? And the body more important than clothes? You see, what Jesus was saying, is there not a priority greater than food and water and clothes? Is there not a priority in your life greater than this list that's been made by man? Is there not a a priority in your life that's greater than just these things that help you get by? 
that just get you through the day to face another day of the same exact junk? And he says, yes, there is. There is a priority above all of these things. But far too often, church, we demonstrate that life is nothing more than food, nothing more than clothing, nothing more than man's list, nothing more than just getting by or simply surviving. We're in the house of God receiving the word of God on Sunday mornings or any other time. And what's the first thing that runs into so many people's minds? Well, I'm going to eat after church. I wonder how long the... You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying this to condemn, but I'm saying Jesus is saying, look, there's something more important than all of these things that get you through the day. There's something more important than all of these things that just help you survive. And that is the kingdom of God. Jesus said, don't worry about these things. Don't worry about these things. And when he said, don't worry about these things, he moved those things down on our list of priorities. If Jesus says, don't worry about food, and Jesus says, don't worry about drink, and Jesus says, don't worry about clothing. If Jesus says, don't make them your primary concern, don't make them the thing that you you think on all the time. If Jesus says, don't worry about these things, Jesus was moving them down on our list of priorities so something else could move up. He said it to these individuals because the real priority wasn't priority. So he had to reprioritize their life. So that they understood that the number one priority in life was the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In verse 33, Jesus said this. So do not worry, Jesus said. Do not make, 31 through 33, do not worry, Jesus said. Do not make your primary concern what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall wear. For these are pagan priorities, he said. These are pagan priorities. These are the priorities of the world. These are the things that the pagans who don't know God run after every single day. These are the things that occupy their thoughts and occupy their mind and occupy their time. These are the things that they run after and the things that fill their day and fill their schedule. Those are pagan priorities. But your priority, Jesus said, your priority as sons and daughters of the Most High God, your priorities, not as pastor... Not as Pastor Alan, not as Pastor Jeff, not as the individual that stands behind the pulpit. Your priority as sons and daughters of God, your priorities as my offspring, your priorities as those who consider themselves part of a royal priesthood and a holy nation, your priority is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And then all of these other things shall be added unto you. You see, what Jesus is saying is that when your priorities in order, I'll take care of all this other stuff. When you make me your priority, when you make my kingdom your priority and my righteousness your priority, I'll take care of all these other things that you strive after just to get by. You see, if those are priorities, all we will have is life. Life. Just getting by one day after the next. But when Jesus Christ, when the kingdom of God and his righteousness becomes our priority, we will have life and have it more abundantly. Because we'll be able to spend it on other things while God takes care of these things. But we've got to understand that, church. The devil wants you stuck on man's list. God wants you focused on his. 
There's only two things that God says should be priority in your life. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus makes it plain what God's number one priority in our life is. And that is to seek the kingdom of God. I'm going to start bringing this to a close. And here's what I want you to see. When Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, he was saying, I want you to, the word he was using is to pursue. I want you to pursue the kingdom of God. I want you to study. These are, this is what the word seek means. Pursue, study, explore, understand, and consider. In the Greek and in the Hebrew, this is what Jesus is saying. I want you to pursue the kingdom of God. I want you to study the kingdom of God. I want you to explore and understand and consider the kingdom of God as a priority in your life all the time. This is what you should be focused on. I want it to be above everything and before everything else. It should be your number one priority in our life. But here's what I want you to see. When Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, he used the word basilia in the Greek and he used the word mamlaka in Hebrew. And both of those words, both of those words mean dominion. Both of those words mean sovereign rule and reign. And both of those words mean royal power. Here's what I want you to understand. When God said, I want you to seek first the kingdom of God, he was telling us to seek after the very thing that Adam and Eve lost in the Garden of Eden when they sinned. Adam and Eve were given dominion. They were given authority. They were given rule and they were given reign. But when they sinned, they lost that dominion. When they sinned, they lost that rule. When they sinned, they lost that authority. And when they sinned, they lost that royalty. And what Jesus is saying is that I want you to seek first that very thing that Adam and Eve lost. I want you to be restored to the kingdom of God. I want you to be restored to a place of royalty. I want you to be restored to a place of authority and a place of dominion and a place of royal rule. Because if you're not, my kingdom won't advance. I want you to understand that God wants you to seek after the kingdom of God so that his kingdom might be advanced. He wants you to seek after the kingdom of God because we lost it because of sin. And he wants that to be restored into our life. Here's what you need to understand. When you and I come to Jesus Christ, when we are born again, we are born again into a new kingdom. We were born in the flesh into a kingdom of darkness. When we are born again, we are born again into a kingdom of light. We are born again, the Bible says, not of perishable seed that will pass away, but we are born again of imperishable seed. We're born into another kingdom. And the reality is when we're born again, we got to learn everything we can about that kingdom. When we're born again, we can't just say, okay, I said a prayer. We can't just say, okay, I quoted what the pastor told me to quote. We can't just say, okay, I prayed the prayer of salvation. As soon as you and I confess Christ as king, we've got to learn what it means to be part of that kingdom. We've got to learn what it means to have a king in our life. We've got to learn what it means to be subservient to that king. And we need to learn what it means to wear the king's ring in our life. You understand, when you and I get saved, God gives us a ring. It's exactly like he did with the prodigal son who was lost in darkness, lost in sin. When he came home, he wrapped him in a robe of royalty and he gave him his ring. And wherever that young man walked, it meant that I have the authority of my father. I once was lost, but now I'm found. 
I was blind, but now I see. I once was separated from royalty, but now I'm united to royalty. I used to be lost in darkness, but now I represent the kingdom of my father. I once again have that royal reign and rule available in my life. You understand what I'm saying, church? There is a royal ring that all of us should be wearing. And it should be a reflection of the rule and the reign that God... This is what we are supposed to seek. Not just salvation. Yes, that's what we want. But we are, to pose, we are to seek the kingdom of God now. So that we can live as royalty. So that we can rule and reign as royalty. So that we can have authority over every unclean spirit. So that we can advance the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why we are supposed to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And the word righteousness, simply before I close, it means to be in right relationship with the King. So we seek first His kingdom, and then we seek to be in right relationship with the King. And once we do that, church, once we implement these two priorities in our life, seeking the kingdom of God and bringing ourselves into right relationship with God, then you're allowed to wear the ring. Then you walk in power. Then you walk under the anointing and the provisions of the king. If you're here tonight and say, I want to wear that ring, God. I want to wear that ring. I want to walk in authority. I want to walk in power. I don't want to live like a pauper. I don't want to live like a slave. I want to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. That's going to be our prayer tonight. That's you, God. This is what I want. And as you stand, church, this is a commitment we have to make. This is a commitment we have to make. We, every single one of us need to look at our life and say, God, I, I've, I've got some priorities, but they're out of whack. You know what your priorities are. Whatever they are, God has to be first. God wants us to walk in power, church, so that we can advance the kingdom of God. Listen, we're getting ready to build it. Just Holy Spirit wants me to say that. We're getting ready to build a 1,500-seat sanctuary. And God wants that church filled with royalty. God wants some people right now positioned to have the power of God move in their life. So that we can be a reflection of the kingdom. We don't want to just build 1,500 seats for the sake of it. We want to be a reflection of the kingdom of God to a world that's lost and dying going to hell. And in order for that to happen, we must understand the ways of royalty. Amen. Father God, we thank you for your word this evening. We thank you, Father God, that we are more than paupers and slaves. We thank you, Father God, that because of the work of your son, Jesus Christ, we can once again wear a royal ring. We can once again live and move and breathe, Father God, in a place of power, in a place of provision, in a place of protection, in a place of anointing, Father God, in a place, Father God, where all the things that the kingdom of God have available can be bestowed upon our life. God, I pray tonight that every single one of us would examine the priorities that we have established in our life. And if there's anything, Father that has taken the place of your kingdom and your righteousness, I pray that you would first forgive us, God. That you would forgive us for making life food and clothing, the things we drink, the things we wear, 
That we've made life nothing more than a daily grind and just getting by, Father. I pray, God, that above everything, you would teach us, God, the ways of royalty. Like Samuel had to teach the children of Israel what it meant to have a king and what it meant to be part of a kingdom. I pray that over the coming weeks, God, you would give us understanding as to what that really means so that we can move in power, God. So that we could overcome the kingdom of darkness with the kingdom of light. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me and I give it to you. Help us to understand we have that authority, God, but we must be positioned in such a way to receive it. So help us, God, to be in proper position in the kingdom of God so that your power can be released into our lives, so that we could be salt and light, so that we could change this world for the glory of the Father. Go with us as we go, Father. Meet every need that we have according to your riches and glory and help us once again to understand the ways of royalty. And all of God's people said, Amen. Can we bless the Lord, church, as we always do? It's His Word. He deserves the blessing. If you have a special need, be happy to tarry and pray with you. Otherwise, go in an understanding that you and sons and daughters in the Most High God.